Hey everybody, this is Brad Bruce and I'm here with Jace Marsiglia. And you're listening to the 5195 Podcast. Coast, coast, hot and fat like pot roast. <laughs> I had no idea he was going to do that. No. <laughs> we, no. We, we do no pre-show. We just hit record and go. Yes. <laughs> That's what we do. We have a vague idea of what we're going to talk about every episode, but... We're always flying by the seat of our ass. Oh yeah. my God. Yes. And, and what's funny is that after the shows are done, I look at my notes and I'm like, well, I didn't talk about that. I didn't talk about that. I didn't talk about that. But how the fuck did we still talk for almost an hour? I know. I know. It's funny. So how are you? I'm doing all right, man. Staying busy, getting caught up on some stuff. I did, I've, I've already punched in probably a good 20 pages of the dark web script. Oh, wow nauseated myself a couple of times yeah i got that text yeah i'm gonna ruin a very good song <laughs> by by making it associated with something just abhorrent no uh it's it's going along pretty nicely um some gears are falling into place that i didn't expect like there was a couple of plot lines that converged in a very organic way so i don't really have to worry about i, I was actually able to take a few things out Oh, nice. So well, yeah, they, they, they came just, out easily. They didn't like. They mess. did. It's just, I crossed a couple wires where I didn't know I had them and was like, oh, well, this solves two or three different problems oh, in one spoon. You don't know, you just love that when that shit happens. Oh my God. Wow. That's when you're scrambling for like a piece of paper or like notes on your phone. You're like, I got to get this down. Oh, yeah. You know, it's funny. So ap apparently you have made the decision to write the dark web one, because I know we had talked about possibly doing a comedy one because it was like gloomy and dark and cold. And, but you were like, nah, I think I'm going to use this and go dark. I did just because a floodgate of ideas started hitting me and I'm like, okay, I got to roll with it while it's here. Yeah. When that happens, you, you, know? ha you have to run with it. You definitely do. Absolutely. So I just, yeah, I'm going dark. And it, logically, it'd probably be good to do something funny afterward just to <laughs> cleanse the palate. I was getting ready to say that exact thing. Yeah, I, I definitely, I'll need something a little more jovial mm -hmm. once I'm done with this one. But it's so all good. It's all good. Work is work. Do you have an ending for this thing already? I do. And it's it's going to level people. Awesome. Yeah. Hell yeah. You know, I, I'm not like M. Night shyamalan anybody, but, you know, <laughs> the ending is going to be like, oh, fuck. I do got some twists. I got some turns, a little bit of action, a little bit of horror. It's going to so be crazy. Where, where is this set? There's a couple of states. Okay. Um, I tried to stay away from obvious places that are like actual scenes of actual crimes, you okay. know? Okay. I don't want it to get too close to documented reality but a majority of it'll be in like nebraska kansas oh wow you know center america bible belt Ooh, you okay. know just the kind of place where i don't want to say it's lawless but it's so small that you can get away with more because well, it it's not a yeah, big city little little uh, it's a little seedy it is and uh it just felt natural to do that as opposed to Big city, big buildings, corporate this, corporate that. No, I think kind of hayseed law well, that is seemed, scary. Yeah, because I think the big city thing seems the easy route. It does. Whereas 
when something happens and you're surrounded by corn, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's not a good look. You, you could be miles from anything mm-hmm. and somebody could corner you. And, uh, I just, yeah, I'm, it's not, it's not an area I've gone to in any of my works so far, but I'm, I'm wanting to kind of use that isolation to make things hard on my protagonists. So it's going to be weird. And you say <laughs> you're about 20 pages in. Yeah, give or take. And um, I say that not writing completely in order. I've done the first 10 pages, mm-hmm. but then an entire conversation and sequence popped into my head. I wrote that separately to shoehorn oh, later. Okay. Wow. So you're one uh, of those guys. I'm not usually, but it, oh, okay. I, I had it was one of those deals where the second portion that I did, I kind of had that idea anyway. Mm hmm. I kind of wanted to just get it on paper and get it off my chest mm-hmm. and then lead up to it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But like I said, it's a broken, it's a broken narrative to begin with. So. Right. It, it kind of makes sense to hop around a little bit and. Just switch up know, the narrative. Maybe, yeah. Maybe I'll focus on story B today. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. That's so. Cool. Yeah. This one's, it's going to be complex for me to do, but I, I think it's going smooth. Yeah. I can't wait to read what it. about you? Um, you know, I'm, I'm heavily into this, uh, this movie that I'm writing called Midlife Crisis. Huh? Yeah, Hmm. I know. Weird. Interesting. (laughs) Have you you bought anything new lately? Anything extravagant? (laughs) Well, no, it's funny because it's, it's, um, it's a slasher movie. Okay. And it takes place with guys that are middle-aged and they're facing a crisis so why not call it a midlife crisis fuck yeah dude you know why should all the kids get to slash you know and and when we're off air i gotta tell you like some of the stuff that is in this like i'm it's fucking hilarious you know it really is because i mean i'll I'll give a little taste is like you know there's you know these guys like you know in, in their 40s you know and they're being stalked by this uh slasher and they have like muscle aches and like, oh, my knee went out and oh, I got to take my pills. <laughs> so like uh, Indiana Jones or Rocky Balboa, we're addressing the age. Yes. You know, yes. We're, and we're actually calling it to the forefront. We are. Because you know what? Yeah. I feel like this is a good love letter to 80s horror and 80s fans. Sure. Because I have <laughs> these pains and I have these aches. I've got a bad knee currently. Yes. And it's like. I have a bad knee. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I've got a reflux problem developing that uh, just fucking sucks. But Yeah. And I'm using all of this stuff, you know, in these characters. And don't get me wrong. They still get to meet some of these like Gen Zers and stuff. Yeah. Which is fucking amazing. I'll just I'll be honest with you. It's hilarious. So, um, well, it's funny because you, you, what it sounds like, the first thing that comes to mind to me is Return of the Living Dead. Oh wow! Because, because you have the old tears in the morgue, the young punks outside. Wow! And the movie, the movie just feels like a torch passing from adult horror to the. We're giving it to the teens now. Yeah. Since since that's all the rage, and you have them both cohabiting. You know, Clue uh-huh. Gulliger and James Karen and all these guys. They're the old pros. They're they're here watching yeah. the new kids play. But the movie's very much symbiotic it's it's two completely different generations having to work together and they definitely do and it's fucking awesome because it's just complete opposites and they just 
they do not fucking understand each other. You know, uh, there's probably political subtext you could play with too. Age gap. Well, (laughs) see, there you go. You're already thinking of it. Yeah. Well, it's funny because there's uh, just a quick scene because it's just a scene, and like it might not make it in. I don't know. I'm still still debating on it because it's funny, and I don't want to. I don't want to just have jokes upon jokes upon jokes. I I want them to kind of come when they need to be there. Of course. Instead of just making a flat out comedy. Yeah. I I wanted to have a little more heart. You know the jokes just shake my head moments and they're literally being like stalked by this guy. And one of the dudes is like trying to fucking take a selfie and like yeah, tag exactly. where he's at. Yeah. What was the old, what was the joke from a few years ago? But first a selfie. <laughs> yeah. And it's I'm funny. I'm on the to... Titanic sinking, but first a <laughs> selfie. And it's funny to see these guys kind of just stop and look at him like, what the fuck? Yeah. What are you doing? kid? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I'm, Heavily into that. I that told you. Cool. I told you I was going to send you some scripts. They're ready. I just, I just got to send them. Like I did all of the WGA registration and stuff. Mm-hmm. I think there's like three. I think there's like two or th- no. I think there's three features I'm going to be sending you. Sweet. Yeah. Um, I, got, I got some reading. Yeah, and again, you know, just tell me what's bad, <laughs> what's good. Like just, <laughs> just be honest with me. You know, um, I'm very proud of them. Honestly, sure. you know, I'm, I'm very, very proud of them. You know, I have this one I'm, I'm going to be wrapping up because I also, too, am 20 pages into this newest script. And, Sweet. And I'm trying well, to give myself goals of I'm trying to write 10 pages a day. Not always an easy task. It sounds small. Yeah, exactly. But it's, it's not. It's, it's, it, it, it is not. I mean, I, I've looked at that page for 20, 30 minutes and sure. not hit that keyboard. Well, what is it that wasn't, didn't we hear somewhere that Stephen King goes into his office in the morning, eight to five, like a shift, Mm -hmm. just writing. No one comes in. He doesn't come out. Can you imagine sitting down and doing eight hours worth of writing in a day? Well, he said he only tries to reach six pages a day. Is that what it is? Yes. Okay. Of course, in a novel, that's a lot more. Sure. I mean, that's, yeah, that's, you're covering a page, Mm -hmm. but. It just seems so daunting to me to to be able to sit and just think nonstop, be in that world for eight straight hours. Mm -hmm. And it's not the same as like a movie set where it's done already. Right. And you're just coming up with ways to make it live. We're creating it. We're completely creating. You are. You're world building in real time and it's daunting. It really is. It is. Pretty pretty crazy. Yeah. Because I mean, I've told someone before when they're like 10 pages, that's easy. Yeah. And I'm like, we'll do it. 10 pages is easy to read. <laughs> yeah. Well, then my buddy got back to me because he worked on set. He worked in um, production design. Okay. And after he said, oh, 10 pages, that's easy to do. Like one day, like a whole day, you want you just got to write 10 pages. Yeah. After 45 minutes, he's like, I can't fucking do this. Yeah. And he gave up. I'm like, yeah, I know. It's tough. You're literally pulling something out of nothing. Yes. But the kernel I'm... of an idea. Sometimes not even that. Yeah. And there's then there's those days... Like this... Where you, you write it, 20 or 30 in yeah, one day. Oh, yeah. It falls right off of you. I mean, yeah. shit. The the creep show short that I wrote that I sent you, that the first couple of days was like, eh, here, eh, there. But by the time uh, the character got to the the occult store, mm-hmm. I wrote it till it was done. So that just, it rolled right off that night, you know. I could see that <laughs> because it, it, there was a lot of setup 
getting to that point. Yes. Yeah. And then when you got to that point, you could actually feel the momentum of the story just pushing. It switches gears. Yeah. You it know, was so, so much fun. It's yeah, a, that's cool, man. Yeah, it's such a good read. I, I do like that that's one awesome. a lot. Thank you. Yeah. yeah so. No, that was, that, was, that was a fun one to write. So, I mean, aside from that, you know, I'm just writing and, well, today when we drop this, it's February 2nd. Yes. And I am at Creep IE right now out in um, Ontario, California. It's uh, February 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. Yeah. Um, and it's steadily becoming one of the most popular horror conventions around not just in southern california but like around no, like it is uh, growing like the guests are wild who they're pulling it's, these are not small time guests you've got the cast of scream yeah and a couple of people from scream six looking at it you've got a big swath of people from uh sons of anarchy uh doug jones who is fucking awesome major texas chainsaw reunion holy shit that daniel Pearl, Terry McMinn. I mean, it's for its 50th. And uh, that's that's fantastic. They even got Carolyn Williams in on it. And uh, yeah. Brett Wagner. That's pretty big. Ted Nicolau, mm-hmm. which he's done. Isn't he the guy behind like subspecies? Yep. The biggest one that I'm impressed with is Jessica Roth. She's from the Happy Death Day movies. She's also from La La Land, which was like a best picture. Mm-hmm. That kind of puts her in a different tier. And this is her first con appearance. I don't know about you, but the Happy Death Day movies are absolutely fantastic. They crack me up. There's a lot of heart. The second one actually choked me up. Really? It was mostly because of her, too. You know, the whole saying goodbye to my mom thing, having to choose between this uh, reality with my mom or going back to the one where she was dead. She brought an endgame that slasher comedy didn't really need. And that just shows dedication far beyond what we typically expect. It is a horror comedy. It's it's goofy. It's it's sillier. It's not even like Scream, like a dark horror comedy. It's like slap your knee funny. But she was bringing straight up Academy talent to this movie and not playing down to the material at all. It's, I could go on all day about how cool Jessica Roth is. I, I would love to meet her. Uh, I'm looking here. You've actually got Adrian Barbeau, who is fucking amazing. She's in two of my favorite horror movies of all time and Batman, the animated series. Come on, man. You remember she's Catwoman. That's yep. fucking awesome. Yep. Bonnie Aarons is going to be there from the Conjuring universe. She's a trip. Rad. Love hanging with her. And then uh, my buddy, Dana DeLorenzo from Ash versus Evil Dead. She is super cool. Yeah. Super, super cool. Always a pleasure. Obviously, anyone who's listened to this show knows how much i admire and respect her so that's that's huge man it's a big lineup it's i'm jealous wish i could go man yeah i wish you were there too it's like it's, it's gonna be fun but it's not the same time. i, I yeah. really oh man you know how cool it would be to meet nev campbell again she's only there saturday yeah she was sweet i met her once she was super sweet yeah. very cool I, I think she's another one that's almost in another tier that's like hey you still come down here and hang with us neat you know what i mean yeah <laughs> I don't usually like get nervous about meeting people and stuff, you know, but I think the person that I'm most excited to meet is um, the owner of, uh, what is that, Video Shock? Oh, I heard he's a dick. No, he is, but I'm excited to meet him. Really? Yeah, because he's like, I guess he's like, he's eccentric. Is that what they call people who have only seen the first Indiana Jones and thought it was okay? (laughs) Eccentric? (laughs) We love you, Mike. Well, uh, Jace does. Um, He's going to be... 
spit my water. <laughs> I just recently rehauled a, a 78 Tots Myers mask. And yes. so he was kind enough to allow me to place it at his booth. He already put it out on, on Instagram and people seem to like it. So it's definitely going to, it's going to be there tonight, tomorrow and Sunday. So nice. you know, come by, check it out, take pictures, buy it if you want. But um Super rad. Yeah, it, it's it's a cool piece. You know, it's a you know obviously he has a great booth. I mean, you know, I fucking love the yeah. dude. Yeah. So I mean, it'll be there. You know, people come by, check it out. Now, if you see us, say hi. Yeah. I I think Tina's gonna have stickers, so she'll be giving away fifty one ninety five stickers. We'll be there all weekend. And we're, we're working our way to merch too. So. Yeah, yeah. There's <laughs> there's some pretty cool stuff on the board as far as merch, like what we're working on. Because we we want to do cool stuff. We want to do fun stuff. You know. Yeah. No, I'm super excited about the show. Um, I wish you were there. Yeah, of course. You know, next one. Yep, absolutely. So, yeah, that's my weekend. Um, All right. So, you hit me up. You had this thing rattle around in your head that you wanted to get on the on the show. Yes. And yes. as soon as you said it, I was like, oh, my God, that's awesome. Because three titles jumped out at me very, very quickly. Okay. <laughs> if you want to explain what we're talking about. So an episode or two back, we got off on this tangent about Godzilla movies. I let it slip that I'm basically a uh, an unabashed fan of 1998's Godzilla with Matthew Broderick, which is almost tantamount to crucifixion <laughs> in most circles. Just to say you even thought it was okay usually gets you thrown a beaten by, you know, old school kaiju fans. But... <laughs> It made me laugh. It was loud. It was stupid. Stuff got wrecked. I got what I wanted. But it made me stop and go, I wonder how many other movies between the two of us <laughs> we like that people will give us shit for till we die. <laughs> and I'm not just talking a small disagreement like eh, it wasn't for me. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about they raise an eyebrow and go, why the fuck do you like that? Like the fuck is wrong with you? Plenty, mm -hmm. <laughs> and that, that's a whole that's a whole other episode. There are movies I stand by that I am definitely on an island, and I'm sure you've got some too. And I floated the idea: should we just, you know, open ourselves up to uh, the barbs that are sure to come our way, and just <laughs> just rattle off the five movies or so a piece that we came up with, and just see how people. <laughs> flood the inbox with what the fuck is wrong with you what the fuck is wrong with you well i'm gonna say one and you're gonna say what the fuck is wrong with you okay i i, I, got, I probably got a few that you'll do the same <laughs> okay well who wants to go first i'll go first because my first one i'm going in level of ridiculous okay oh, okay okay yeah like in terms of the most violent reactions here okay okay and it's kind of a cheat. Oh. Because it's two movies, but the same theme kind of locks them together. And that is Jaws 3D and Amityville 3D. <laughs> okay. <laughs> both, both released in 1983, both part of the big 3D thirds. You okay. know, that was a that was a big thing in the 80s, especially 83. Nobody fucking likes these movies. Um Jaws 3. I get some really funny looks about that one. Amityville three. If I don't get a funny look, they've just never watched it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> They're just like, no, I didn't go past one. Yeah. 
I, I like them both. And I, uh, the thing with Jaws, obviously any movie post Jaws one is already the shit's written on the wall. You are not going to be Jaws. Right. So even Jaws 2, when you bring back Murray Hamilton and Roy Scheider, and it feels like home, but it's not home. Right, know? right. Whereas Jaws 3, the writers, one of which was Richard Matheson, uh-huh. very, very acclaimed writer who helped pin the script, they said, fuck Amity, let's put a great white shark in SeaWorld, and let's have it chasing skiers and stunt people and kids in rowboats and it's it's a a theme park massacre to me out of the four movies it's probably the most original it's probably the most violent it's probably the most mean-spirited and the gore effects in it are fucking phenomenal it's another one of those pgs that it probably shouldn't have been pg you know wow that's pg it's only PG. The only PG-13 Jaws movie is Jaws the Revenge. That's it. Wow. Because to me, between the first and third, that both of those have some pretty intense gore. Well, yeah, I mean, there's like clouds of blood and body parts yes. floating around the water. Well, the part in three that always comes to mind is when they're in the underwater tunnel mm-hmm. and the guy's severed head with an eyeball hanging out floats mm-hmm. up. And it's like, oh, Jesus. Yeah, wow. <laughs> and it looks fucking sick. Yeah. It looks so gross. And then, then when they get it to the morgue, like eels and shit are slithering yeah. out of its mouth. And, How the fuck I mean, is that it's, PG? It's, it's just such a dick of a movie that I, I love it. It was here to kick you in the dick. Mm-hmm. Jaws 3. And in your face, no less. Yeah. So Jaws 3 and then Amityville 3D I threw in just because... Same thing. It's it, these 3D movies where, like Friday the 13th, where things are just coming at you that really have no business coming at you. Yeah. Someone reaching out like, oh, God. You know, of course, everything's so forced in a 3D movie that that already oh, adds a charm it. to I it. I fucking love it. But Amityville 3 has, in my opinion, one of the most chilling sequences out of the entire, se- out of the entire film series is when... Lori Loughlin dies mm-hmm. on the boat with her friends and the mom doesn't know it. And she's in the house and Loughlin walks in completely drenched head to toe and just sort of glides to her room. And then mom goes outside and her body's being pulled out of the, out of the drink. And it was like, Oh, it gives you that realization. Like you just saw your kid's ghost. You know, yeah. I don't know. There's something fun about Amityville 3d. It's more, more of a popcorn movie than any of the others it's the final one for theaters until they remade it because everything went everything went straight to video or television after that but it's just a fun fucking movie it's a fun ghost movie and that doesn't try to be the first two mm-hmm. as a matter of fact i'm pretty sure on the poster it even says this is not a sequel to amityville horror which is boggles my mind why would you call it three <laughs> <laughs> so but yeah, for almost the same reasons as Jaws, not quite. I just have so much fun with these 3D movies, man. And both of those came out the same year. Both of them got dirt kicked in their faces. Totally understandable, but I love them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely love mm-hmm. those two. Do you agree or disagree with either one? Um, I agree with both of them. Do you? You uh, yeah, like them both? I like them both. I saw Jaws 3D in the theater. That would have been so cool. Um, I never saw Amityville in the theater, but I did. Now, yeah. a matter of fact... I think the Ryan Reynolds remake in 05 
That's probably the only one I've ever seen in the theater. Well, I got to be completely honest with you. I don't think I've ever seen any Amityville movie in the theater. For one, they were all before my time. Mm-hmm. Relatively. I think uh, I was born the year two came out. But even as like a flashback weekend theater screening, they don't bring any of them back. So yeah. I, I would have thought at least the first. The first is kind of a cult classic, but... I, I don't think I'll ever see any of the sequels on the big screen, much less the one in 3D. I definitely agree with Jaws 3, 3D. It is one of the most fun out of the series. It's very, very fun. It's the only one that kind of has fun with the theme. Well, yeah, because it seems like a slasher. It is. And the thing is, the first movie is just bone-chillingly scary. It's intense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Second one's a bit of a slog. Yeah. I know people like it more than three and four, but I like three more than two. Same. Two felt, it really felt too repetitive. You still had Murray Hamilton doing... That's the thing I hate about two is you brought back Chief Brody just to make him look like a psycho. Yep. He saved your fucking town from a shark. He's warning you that a shark's back, and everyone's like, oh, this fucking crazy guy. He's mm-hmm. seeing sharks everywhere. It's like, do you guys not? It's almost like Ghostbusters 2. Did everyone forget that you guys saved this city last year? Why is everyone <laughs> picking on you? Yeah. Yeah, Jaws 2 is kind of frustrating. It's not bad. It's just, obviously, it's a sequel. But yeah. 3 was like, we're moving it completely out of Amity. We're We're going to tear up a theme park. We're going to spray blood everywhere. It's going to be great. And I fucking, I just love how unashamed it is to be the dick of a movie that it is. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I just, to me, it's an exploitation movie. You're right. It is. It's it's feeding Jaws through the grindhouse. That's Mm -hmm. all it is. And I'm there for it. Well, my first one is not elegant at all. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm just going to go ahead and say it because there's there's no other there's no build up to this movie. I'm just there's no build up. I saw it in the theater and I was like, why am I the only one that's like liking this? And I was like, oh, my God, I, I, I was like so viciously made fun of for liking this movie. Um, really? And that was uh, 2002's uh, Halloween Resurrection. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, trick or treat, motherfucker! <laughs> Come on, it—that's the—that's hilarious, man. It is. Um, I don't agree as wholeheartedly. <laughs> was that Rosenthal? It was. So the guy who did two, yeah, the original, two. yeah, Rick, Rick Rosenthal, yeah, Rick Rosenthal. Um, the fact that they tried to blend Michael with found footage in a way yeah and you know and and you've got people watching massacres in real time from various locations computers whatever Mm -hmm. it was a cool idea and i think they pulled it off fairly well yeah i just think they overplayed their hand they definitely did that so by the end of the movie i was kind of checked out yeah i mean i could see that but I don't hate it the way everyone else does because lots of people hate that fucking movie. Lots of people hate it. As far as I'm concerned, I thought up to that point, six was the worst. And... Yeah, you know, I don't know. It's weird. Like a lot of these movies like where they didn't shoot in Pasadena, mm-hmm. I was taken out of it immediately because it's just like, that's not Haddonfield. No. You know, but... it's like, why, why are we shooting? And I think this one, they even, I think the... 
Resurrection was shot in Canada. Might have been. I so, think that's when we started shooting stuff up north. Yeah. You know? But it's okay because... I think H2O is California too, right? I think yes. H2O yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But it's like, when they did... Well, what did they do? Like, was it five and six in Utah? No, four, five, and six. Four, five, and six in Utah. All three of them were in Utah. And it, yeah. was, it was... That was terrible. What a terrible idea. See, the only one I think it benefits from is four. Okay. Because, because to me, four, the Utah setting... Maybe it's just the way they dressed it up. Maybe it's how murky the sky looks, you know, like that Midwest steel I'm always talking about. Mm-hmm. Four looks the most naturally Halloween of all of them. And I mean all of them. Really? Yes. Because obviously the first one was Pasadena. Mm-hmm. Second one's in a hospital. Not a big deal. Right. Um, you actually had dead trees, leaves everywhere, murky skies. There's something very foreboding about four that gets lost in five and six we just couldn't capture it again so i see what you're talking about with those but to me four just looks even the opening credits it's not the halloween song it's just this dark mm-hmm. creepy alan hoarth you know mm-hmm. and and you're seeing scarecrows and pumpkins and wind and it's the, the opening to four it's to me rad. sets the movie up it's perfectly. Yeah, it's one of the best intros. Yeah, and it's just it's one of those deals where I don't think you could have gotten those shots mm-hmm. or that mood mm-hmm. in California. Yeah, you're probably right because we don't have those those seasons. Not yeah, not to that degree. I mean, yeah. you could fake it, but four to me looks the most naturally Midwest yeah. out of all of them. I don't know. I just I liked Resurrection for that simple fact that it was just. It was just a fun movie and it wasn't taking itself seriously. And of course, it did it did date itself a little bit being in the early 2000s of like the whole reality TV boom. Yeah, and, the reality TV boom. Yeah, and, uh, and what I really liked was the meta peek behind the curtain of like filmmaking, like so the whole behind the scenes shit. Well, I like that, that aspect of it. That's just being another Halloween post scream. Yeah. Which which is kind of one of the things that killed Halloween was now you're imitating the thing that imitated you. Right. I'm like 50-50 with you on Resurrection. I don't like it, yeah. but I don't hate it. I don't okay. hate it at all. I think well, it's just okay. Well, that's good because, yeah, I've had people actually ask me what what's wrong with me. Uh, Well, it, this didn't make the list, but maybe we'll do one movies we hate that people love. But to me, after the two Rob Zombie movies, you can only oh. go up. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> you know what? I don't like Rob I am really trying to find it is somewhere inside of me to watch both of them again with a different set of eyes. I can't. It's you rednecked up. Michael yeah, Myers. It's, it's, my whole complaint with those movies is that I didn't want to know Michael Myers story. No, you didn't have to at all. Because now that's what you made him scary. Yeah. It's like, I don't want to feel compassion for the thing that's relentlessly trying to kill me. Something almost ungodly strong. Mm-hmm. Something that just won't stop. Only to find out he's got a rap sheet that's no different than any NCIS episode. Yeah. Oh, he had an abusive home life. Oh, he was bullied. That's serial killer 101. You just turned him into Jeffrey Dahmer. You right. know. You know what? I will say this, though, because I did see them in the theater. Okay. I saw the first and... Yeah. Okay. Was, uh, well, because you know, out. me and my brother 
obviously, like I'm sure a lot of people are, we're big Rob Zombie fans just from the music, the music videos. I mean, his you know first movies. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's don't get me wrong, he's a good filmmaker. The movies of his that I do like. Same. Know. Um, I told my brother after we watched Halloween, the first one, I was like. If this would have just been the story about that little boy, it would have been fucking cool. It should have never been a Halloween movie. You mean just take the Myers element out? Just take the Myers element out. Give him a different mask or whatever it may be. It might have been... It pushed too far. Yeah, it might have been a better movie. Yeah, maybe. You know, instead of... It would have been more disturbing. Yeah, naming it Halloween because... The thing is, like, you name something Halloween, you were going to have fucking legions of fans chomping at to bit to lash the claws out and destroy what you've created if you even remotely do something that they don't like to their beloved michael myers franchise yeah so and i found myself part of that mob so was i that's why i was like this this is terrible i don't care that his mother's a stripper you know know, and they're poor (laughs) it's like I'm trying to go to the fucking movies to, like, forget my fucking reality. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, do you know how many times I've had to go and strip just to feed my addiction of buying DVDs and toys? <laughs> and Let me tell you. And I never. a lot of places you can't put change in the G-string. And that's the thing is, like, I never made a nickel. Not a one. Like, not a one. So it's hard. And I, and I was the only one there. <laughs> exactly. It was I wasn't ter- giving shit. Yeah, it was terrible. Like, well, I I do take that back. One time, the manager Amoeba did scream for me to get out of the store. So, still, like, <laughs> fucking crazy, man. It's fucking yeah, crazy. Too much. <laughs> um, I don't know. When I went and saw Resurrection, I was like, it's fun. Sure. And and I, like you could just get lost in a new movie. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. just just. Let's see what these guys are up to because I really was intrigued over the reality series um, angle that they yeah, were. It was a cool idea. That was just like you said, it was meta. You yeah, know, it was a yeah. meta, meta. And it was a cast. I, I could give a rat's ass about the cast. Like they could have put anyone in the cast. Like I, I didn't need to see Busta <laughs> or fucking Tyra Banks or you know. Right. <laughs> like I just it, it could have been it could have been anyone. By that point, they're all grist for the mill. Yes. you know. No, I'm with you there. That's my first one. Okay. No, I, I don't hate it. Okay. All right. Uh, I'm moving on to my next one. Stay Alive from 2006. So this is the one where the video game kills you. Right. You die in the game. You die in real life. Never mind that the game is set in Victorian era New Orleans. <laughs> You're probably not going to get run over by a horse and carriage. But yeah, this shit implausibly happens to you in the real waking world. I've only seen the unrated cut. Okay. And the fact is the unrated cut is super gory, full of nudity, tons of F-bombs. I'm afraid to watch the PG-13 one, and that might be the caveat. Most people who went and seen it saw the sanitized theatrical version, oh. which considering considering every death in the unrated one is a gory mess... I'm like, how the fuck did this play PG-13? I probably would have hated it too. But I only saw the unrated gore cut. And during a time when they're doing Resident Evil, whatever number, Silent Hill, all these video game movies, all these properties were getting picked up, Tomb Raider. This was a movie that wasn't based on any one game. Right. It was, it was a totally made-up thing. It was an occult curse. Uh-huh. And... 
it went to New Orleans and fucked around over there for a while, which is like a mecca for ghosts. Yeah. It's not terribly scary, but it's it's got a mood and a darkness to it that I latched onto. And they some of the shit they did was pretty fucking clever. Like somebody could unlock a door playing the video game and in real life the door is unlocked for somebody. Mm-hmm. Just the way they blended the two worlds where you could be doing something in one, a positive thing, not just dying. You could actually be helping your friends in real life by advancing the game on the computer. It's a, I just, I don't mind it. And that's one that I get endless amounts of shit for. But like I said, it could be the same as Wes Craven's Cursed, where the people who saw it were like, oh, this PG-13 piece of shit. When... I feel like I watched a totally different movie. Yeah. Because I, I only know Stay Alive as like a gory R-rated flick kind okay. of thing. Were you aware of it when it hit theaters or are you just it just under the yes. radar? Oh, so you were aware of it. I was aware of it. I wanted to see it and it flopped out really hard. Okay. So I didn't I didn't get to go. And then when it hit DVD, it was like, here's the PG-13. Here's the unrated one. Of course, I grabbed the unrated one. Because I'm like, oh, it'll be the theatrical plus, you know. Yeah. But I remember even halfway through it, I'm like, how are you going to do that guy's death, PG-13? Yeah. I just can't even imagine how bad that probably is. I really didn't mind it. I thought it was a lot of fun, and I get a lot of shit for that one. Well, I'm going to be honest. I never saw it. No? I was aware of it. It's on the radar because there's a couple people that I'm actually – Fans of, you know, from the movie. Um, and I know one of them, we just recently saw it. Monster was, what's his name? Jimmy Simpson. Oh, yeah. 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 Jimmy Simpson. Yeah. And of course, he steals every scene he's in. Just oh, does he? Okay. But uh, what's, what's the guys. other, the, uh, the Goldberg guy? Oh, Adam Goldberg. Yeah. Yep. I, I, I like his work. He's good. Uh, no relation to the Adam Goldberg from the Goldbergs. No, right. Yeah. It also has Sophia Bush, who is okay. super hot. And she plays a goth. <laughs> We okay. all love our goth yeah, so not, yeah. And Alice Krieg is in it. It's always creepy. I always think of uh, Ghost Story from mm-hmm. 81. Oh, what a great movie. But yeah, that one's one that just kind of slipped under the radar. I think it kind of got fed into the, the same machine as, you know, the Silent Hill and Resident Evil things. And it wasn't a movie based on a video game. It was a movie about a video game with kind of the J-horror twist, like the ring, sort of cursed cartridge i don't know it was it was original and fun and kind of stupid yeah and i just i enjoyed it for all of that okay so nobody i know likes it that's that's pretty funny i think it's just a it's just a fun ride yeah um another lighthearted one i love that both of us before we go we take a breath (laughs) because it's like i don't know where this is gonna go well it's like People could tell that we've we've taken our licks and we've we're... taken our licks because, <laughs> and with this one, I'll be honest with you, like it it seems like maybe now it's sort of getting some love from diehard horror fans, okay, or even maybe diehard horror fans that are in their forties, <laughs> and you know, uh, <laughs> but that's the oh god. Oh, that's the um the nineteen seventy six Paul Lind Halloween special. Oh. <laughs> My God, um, have you ever seen you? It? You've told me about it. I've never watched. Okay, it. when you come out this time, we're gonna have to watch it. Okay, okay. I mean, 
where else are you going to see Florence Henderson singing a disco version of that old black magic? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. We're talking Florence Brady Bunch. Yes. Oh, God. Yes. <laughs> You have like Witchy Poo from HR Puff and stuff. Oh my God. No way. Yeah. Uh, Margaret Hamilton from Wizard of Oz. No shit. Uh, Billy Barty. You have Kiss singing Beth. Um, <laughs> oh my God. I mean, it's, you know, it's one of those just bizarre variety shows. Yeah. Yeah. That were just That's... all the rage in the 70s. No, they were just everything. Variety shows were everything. And oh, yeah. Yeah. No. It... A door would open on the set and out comes fucking Bob Newhart, you know. Exactly. And when I first was aware of it, I saw it. I don't know. I was just, this is fucking amazing. This is just so good. It's such a guilty pleasure. It's so much fun. It's so campy and cheesy and it's like so cringy. But that's the thing. But there's a heart to it as well. Really? Okay. Would you say this was made specifically for kids? No. <laughs> no, really? Okay. No. That that's a horse of a different color. It then. is. I, I feel like it was made for teenagers and men. Okay. Because almost every <laughs> girl or woman or whoever it is that I've ever shown it to, they spend half of the experience staring at me with a squinted eye. Ooh, so it's the Three Stooges curse. <laughs> yes. It's one of those deals where you, you hardly ever meet a girl who likes the Three Stooges. Very, so. very rarely. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, and it's just sketch comedy and it's musical numbers and it's just over the top. And it's a very fun variety show that I yeah. fucking thoroughly enjoy watching. But it's every time I'll bust it out, <laughs> people are like. <laughs> Wait, wait, what's going on? Well, no, don't, don't bring that out. <laughs> Not that one. Don't bring that piece of shit out. What's wrong with you? Oh, but it's, it, it, I mean, yeah, fucking Paul Lynn, I, I believe, if I'm correct, he's on the cover dressed as like a witch. He does. I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> okay. It's fucking crazy. Uh-huh. I, I think it's fantastic. Um, There's a lot of people in it. It looks like Betty White, yeah, uh, Tim a, Conway. There's a ton of people in it. The fucking Osmonds. I mean, anyone who was doing variety shows in the 70s, they were in this. Yeah, well. This show. Yeah. Again, I literally tried to do whatever I can to bring awareness to the Paul Lind Halloween special because it's fucking <laughs> amazing. <laughs> and you know what? I will gladly suffer the abuse <sighs> You'll die on that hill. I That's will fine. definitely die on that hill for sure. Yeah. We're going to have to watch it while you're here. Okay. So. You bust that fucker out. Let's yes. So that's another one of mine. Okay. Uh, one of mine. This one's this one's probably for the hardcores because it's another franchise that most people didn't venture past one. Okay. And if they did and watched the second or even the third, they pulled the cord and bailed. Okay. It's, okay. Just, it's that bad of a series. I'm about to rain praise on a sequel to this franchise. Okay. okay? And that would be the direct to video, I believe, 1989 sequel, Howling Five: The Rebirth. <laughs> okay. 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 Now, the Howling series is a very badly maintained series. Okay. Correct. 
But such a great premise, though. That's the fucking problem. Is that it's it's a great premise? I'm sorry, but yeah. But the first one's the one everyone's seen. Mm -hmm. Most people like it. Two with Sybil Danning, it goes just fucking wackading hoy all over the fucking place. (laughs) Nobody knows what that one's about, you know. And usually that's when people bail. Uh huh. Five is the one where a group of people travel to a Romanian castle, an ancient medieval Hmm. castle, for the weekend. And one of them is a werewolf. And what winds up being, it's basically Clue with a werewolf. So it's a mystery. You don't know who it is. People are getting bumped off one at a time. Ten little Indians kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And then there was one. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Uh, It's written by Clive Turner, who is arguably one of the worst writers to walk the earth. (laughs) He also went on to do... Howling 7, New Moon Rising, which is basically 90 minutes of square dancing. <laughs> like, it's no great shakes. But he wrote, he wrote this one, and it's actually, with the exception of his scenes, because he has to act in everything he's written, uh-huh. and he's got to write himself as the life of the party, of course, he gets dispatched fairly quick. Mm-hmm. Not quick enough for my taste, but <laughs> yeah. But for the most part, it's so divorced from the howling. Like each of these sequels is so independent. Mm -hmm. There's no continuity. There's rarely anything that ties it to the first one. So it's really just a standalone movie. But as a sequel, I dug it. You had this gothic location. Uh, This castle is fucking amazing. I wish I could shoot a movie there. It's very gothic. It's like they're it's like a murder mystery in Dracula's castle, but somebody's a werewolf. And uh I just dug it, man. I don't know what it is about that movie. There's nothing particularly mind-blowing about it. You don't get many good shots of the werewolf. Wow, that's weird. Uh, because rumor has it Steve Johnson's werewolf costume from Howling 4 was used with no refurbishments. Like, basically, they were like, can we use your werewolf? He goes, sure, let me fix it up. And they went, we don't have time. Just give it to us. And it was falling apart. Literally, it was falling apart. So the werewolf is seen in a lot of shadows, a lot of silhouettes. I think there's a scene where a girl gets attacked and a character's watching through, like, a closet door. So through the slats, you see something big and hairy jump on somebody, you know? Yeah. So it's very... Despite the setting being this amazing castle in Romania, it's very low budget, I think. And it looks like a million bucks. Really? Uh, Yeah. It just, I mean, the movie, the setting alone elevates it high above practically any of the other Howling movies, frankly. It just looks like a cool gothic. It's almost like a hammer flick, it feels Mm -hmm. like. But uh, that's one that not only do I get looks for liking it, I get looks for venturing past one. (laughs) <laughs> they're kind of like wait a minute you watched five of these movies and i go well, actually i've watched eight of these movies but neither here nor there but yes out of the seven and counting sequels to the original howling that's the one i like okay. and uh either people didn't even get that far or if they did they were like you wasted a lot of fucking time <laughs> so wow. but yeah i do love the howling five the rebirth and i believe it was a 
direct to video but like i said watch the movie for its production value it does not look cheap it's very very well made very I'm gonna have to check this and, out and like i said i oh, i would kill to shoot a movie in this location it looks yeah so fucking cool that one's that one's my next one okay well i hope you're sitting down for this one because all right this okay. this is a deep cut <laughs> i will tell you that um because <laughs> this is another one of those things where when I get together and I and I have I have people come over and they're like, I want to see something, show me something, and I'm like, okay, and I'll put this on and and it again, it's just like, what am I watching here? Like, what the fuck is this? What I don't understand. What, have you what, me to? what the fuck is going on? What is this? Like, how is this a movie? This makes no sense. Like, this doesn't count. This isn't a movie. Okay. And that that is the the 1970 Werner Herzog Even Dwarves started small. I've never even heard of this. <laughs> when you come out this time, we're going to have some fucking fun. That's all I can even, say. Even dwarves started small. Yes. <laughs> it is about a band of dwarves that revolt against the system and take over an institution and create fucking havoc. Is it like freaks? Like Todd Browning's no, freaks? No, but... no, no. Okay. It's, no, it's... It's, you know, obviously it's Werner Herzog, so it's German. He shot in Germany. Uh, I think it was yeah. German. Well, they all speak German. Um, okay. But one of their friends is being held hostage in this institute, and they essentially say, fuck this, we're done. And they revolt, and they take over. And it's fucking nuts, dude. Like, it's fucking it, beautifully. It, it, the cinematography is great, I think. I think it's a fucking very well-made movie. Um Oh shit! Yeah, I mean, obviously he he wrote and directed the movie, dude. I mean, come on, there's like a fucking vicious, brutal cockfight in this movie. Um, there is a, and these are these are dwarves having a crazy cockfight, and there's a crucifixion <laughs> of a monkey. No, you heard that right, a crucifixion oh of a monkey. This movie sounds batshit. <laughs> it's fucking, it's fucking crazy. And no one thought it would, like, none of the cast thought it was going to happen. This is a piece of trivia for you. None of the cast thought it was going to happen. So Werner, being Werner, who's fucking nuts, um, said, if if we make this movie, if we finish it, he would jump into a field of cactus. Cacti. Cacti. Yeah. And? So so just... If if they do it, yes, you're saying if, if, if the mission is accomplished, yeah, yeah. If they he's going to jump into a, a field of cacti, and they made the movie, and the motherfucker did it. <laughs> well, let it never be said, Werner Herzog is not a man of his he word. He is definitely a man of his fucking word. Wow. But again, like I said, this movie is it's fucking nuts, dude. It took me a minute to recover from the title. <laughs> It's like seriously. It's fucking crazy. Even dwarves dwarves started started small. small. How cool is that? There's a there's a lot of crazy shit in the movie. Sounds like it sounds bonkers as fuck. (laughs) It is definitely bonkers, and we will we'll watch that. That that's a hell of a double feature. And anyone else out there listening, if you double featured Paul Lind Halloween special and even dwarves started small, you might. Might need to check into. <laughs> you might want to check into a mental hospital because that is you, a, that's a couple hours of fucking stuff. nuts. Oh yeah, that that is a couple hours of fucking wild viewing. That's for sure. That is, 
that's a weird dose of insomnia you're <laughs> subjecting yourself to. Yeah. So Ooh. that's one. Like I said, every time I bring it out, you know, <laughs> I can see that. But yeah, so you own it. Oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> fuck okay. Yeah, of course. All yep. Right. yep. Even dwarves started small. Let's yeah. tack it to the board. Yeah. So oh, I no, it is. It yeah, <laughs> it is. All right. I'm three in. I got two more. And I'm. Me too. And I, and it, <laughs> my last two are you talk polar opposite. So I'm, I'm very excited to hear your next one. Okay. This one gives me a lot of, a lot of problems too, but I, I, I don't care. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and that is the 2003 remake of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, okay. Okay. A lot of people hate this movie mm-hmm. and i could i understand you know it's for everything about it that is pure texas chainsaw it doesn't feel like a texas chainsaw it doesn't it doesn't mm-hmm. compute but marcus nispel who directed it he had a way of making this movie look so grimy so sick so gritty that there's few movies out there where I feel like I need a shower when it's done. And this, this is one of them. And it had Jessica Beale and Andrew, is it Bernarski? Yeah. I don't even know how to pronounce it. He's I believe that's it, yeah. And he's a very imposing leather face. He's a very big fucking guy. Mm-hmm. The cast is, aside from Jessica Beale, it's, it's kind of character actors you see here and there. The standout, and when I say standout, I'm not talking about Oh, I know that who you're going to say. <laughs> I'm not talking about the perfect ass in those lowriders. Yeah. That standout. Yeah. I'm talking about the late, great Arlie Ermey as Sheriff fucking Hoyt, who, in my opinion, is probably one of the sickest characters in any movie in a long fucking time. It is, it's a movie that most people hate, and I do get shit for it, but I can't defend it. I, I almost like it because of the reasons you hate it. You know what I mean? Like uh-huh. people are like, how could you like a movie where the camera goes through the head of a suicide victim? How could you like a movie where a dude makes someone take the bloodstained gun that was in someone's vagina, <laughs> smuggled through with a vagina, make them put it in their mouth in order to show the sheriff exactly what happened. The movie has a level of sadism that just is, it's very off-putting. It's a very, very off-putting movie. But I just, as far as being extremely uncomfortable and extremely tense, I think the movie works. Uh, I think it's genuinely scary sometimes. Uh, I think the, book ending with the black and white eight millimeter footage gives it a sense of realism that the first one didn't even have even though the original does kind of look like faces of death you know mm-hmm. almost like a documentary this one looks too polished to be a documentary it looks too cinematic but it is so sick and so mm-hmm. mean that i i remember walking out of it my jury was out I'm like, I don't even know what the fuck I just watched. And the more I thought about it, the more it kind of got under my skin. I like it for entirely different reasons 
than the original because yeah it's 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 a remake quote unquote but it doesn't feel like a remake it feels like its own damn nasty fucking thing yeah i i get a lot of weird looks for liking that one what did you think i'm sure you've seen it i definitely saw it and i liked it did you really i did this isn't going the way i thought it would i know it's crazy um as soon as you said it i was like yeah i i, I know he's talking about sheriff hoyt and that was, oh yeah yeah he's, and i don't know if i've hated a character more yeah like he is deplorable mm-hmm. in this movie mm-hmm. and i love that actor i love arlie ernie oh, the guy brings it the guy brought it every fucking time. And it's so funny to go back and watch something like seven where he's the chief of police and he doesn't raise his voice. The entire fucking movie doesn't yeah. raise his voice. Everything else. He's, he's, he's a former drill sergeant. He's screaming at everybody. You want someone to get screamed at with authority. You hired Arlie army. And as Sheriff Hoyt, he had to be one of the most despicable and sadistic, mm-hmm. disgusting characters I've ever seen. Uh, no, I, I like I liked it right out the gate. Um, did you? Yeah, oh, as, as, as soon as we walked out, I was like, the tension, the the, the yes. building of the tension was fantastic. Yes. Um, it was very dark. It was very brutal. Extremely. Um, it, yeah. it, it did not feel like a remake, but yet a chapter in their life. Just another day on the branch. That you was know. it. Yeah, it never felt like it was trying to be one two or three um no. you know it, it was his it's its own thing and i really do feel like it has a place in the chainsaw massacre franchise as you know a very good addition i would say more so than several of the sequels oh Actual yeah sequel. that last sequel that i saw oh, oh was it the netflix one god yeah where it's like i think they shot in like belgrade or something Something like that. They were trying to like refurbish a town or something, right? Yeah. God, that was so bad. Yeah, I wasn't crazy about it either. So bad. It had some good gore. There's some great gore in the movie. But you know what though? Here's the thing. I even though I'm a fan of the of the 80s horror film, and a lot of those things are, you know, people say, oh, that's just gore. Well, there was so much heart and you know, substance to go along with those movies that I sort of became a snob that I'm like, well, I don't want just gore. I want you to give me something storyline too. Don't just throw a bunch of gore at me. And even if there is good gore in it, I can't get behind it. If the story is fucking horrible or makes no sense. Or they 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 took the the chainsaw out of the wall after how many years? And he just fired it right up. Yeah. No second or third pulls. Yeah. Uh, The one thing that was cool was the the throwing, the throwing of the chainsaw on the ground. I don't even remember. Okay, yeah, like I remember him. Yeah, um, there was some cool stuff in it, but it wasn't enough to make me even like it or want to own it or ever want to watch it again. Let me ask you this: What did you think of Texas Chainsaw 3D with Daddario? I'll be honest; I thought it was better than well, anything's better than four. I really hate that fucking movie, (laughs) the McConaughey one. For one that was supposed to take place at least beginning minutes after the first one ended, mm-hmm. and then kind of segueing into today, and mm-hmm. uh, do, do you think they did it properly? I do. Okay. I, I 
I feel like they did. I feel like, yes, they did kind of give Leatherface a little bit of humanity that he didn't need. That's what bugged me about the thing. But it was at the same time in the other movies, well, at least the first two, the ones that count, he's hugely protective of his family. Yes. When the spoiler alert, when <laughs> Daddario winds up being what his niece, I mm-hmm, think, mm-hmm. I thought he act- he reacted accordingly. Whereas most people are like, kill her. You know, yeah, it was like, no, he wasn't running around killing Chop Top or Hook. You know, it was like, that's the point. This is a tightly knit redneck family. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The fact that he didn't take her out when he found out she was a relative, it was like, oh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, Yeah, that worked. You know, it wasn't something I expected or asked for, but it was kind of like, oh, I get it. Okay. Right. Because see, you that's know. the thing is like, I think I was so taken aback because I've always likened him to just being the family dog <laughs> that and he is. they let that they let off the chain. But then you know when it was the oh well it's 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 a it's a remake and a sequel. Yeah. I'm like wait wait well pick one <laughs> like pick to one. Me pick to one. me it was like 2018's Halloween. I just it's yeah a no for sure for sure thing. for sure. I can't think of another franchise that's started, stopped, and restarted more mm. than that one. Yeah. Well, um, that's the thing is like I don't know if Chainsaw Massacre needs heart. Not necessarily. You know, unless he's cutting them out of people's chests. <laughs> <laughs> I just not don't even, think he not, needs heart. Not even developing a uh, a romantic uh, feeling for Carolyn Williams, huh? Well, no, that's but see, that's different because. That's that that movie is more uh, comedic. Yeah, I want to comedic is a good way to put it. To me, it's the Evil Dead Two. Yeah, of that series. Yeah, it's the first one with jokes. Right. Yeah, it's, it's the first one with a budget. It's you def- know, it's definitely an eighties movie. Yeah, and 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 they threw they they put all the eighties punches in there. Yes. So that was that 100%. was to be expected, you know, especially okay. with Caroline in those shorts. I mean. Anyone would fall in love. Good lord! Exactly. I think with the um, the chainsaw that you're talking about, the the 3D one. Yeah, I'm like, oh, the 3D one. Yeah, no, the 3D one. Yeah, I'm like, I I don't know. I I felt like it just felt a little like force fed. I can see that, but I can see that. Yeah, but I don't know. I I wound up having a lot of fun with that one. I don't know why. Mm -hmm. It's a massive tonal shift from the one on my list, you know, which is just muck. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Here's what's funny. This is something I always thought about. The conditions that they shot the original film were absolutely terrible. I don't feel it when I watch the movie. Like, yes, they're sweating and screaming, but I don't get that sense that the place reeked as bad as it reeked or that it was as hot as they said it was hot. Right. This Texas Chainsaw movie is literally dripping from every frame with moisture sweat mm-hmm. pipes and when it's not that it's dirt and blood and just it's such a filthy fucking movie it mm-hmm. really is yeah and i out of all of the chainsaw movies good or bad it's the first one to make me uncomfortable uh 2003 yeah okay i genuinely felt uncomfortable watching it you know back to sheriff hoyt his scenes whenever he'd pop up on screen my skin would crawl uh-huh. i was like oh there he is, yeah. you know, but it's a very effective movie and uh, I dig it despite its flaws and despite the fact that most people 
hate it. I really, ugh, I think it's a really good, nasty flick. It's fun. I, yeah. I, I enjoyed it. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my two. I've only got one left. Okay. Well, I got, I got two left. Yes. So let me get into this one and then okay. I'll save the best for last. And I'm going to say this and I know your answer with this one. Is this one we've talked about then? <laughs> I know your answer. Okay. And this is the 1997 cinematic masterpiece known as Gummo. <laughs> yeah, fuck that movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally, I, I've never met anyone that's like, oh yeah, no, that's fucking crazy. That's, that's a cool movie. No. Yeah, I love Gummo. No, <laughs> no. I, Gummo is like something that was stuck to the roof of my mouth that I can't get off. And I desperately want to. You know, as far you know, cinematically speaking, there's zero narrative. There's zero plot. It feels very documentary like. It's very documentary. It's 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 the epitome of a fever dream, for sure. Yes. Um, yes. Or a fever nightmare. <laughs> um You know, it's just it's a series of vignettes of these of this town in Xenia, Ohio, after a, a tornadoes basically knocked it back about a hundred years. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's weird, man. I just, I don't know why I like it so much. Um, I will say this. If I'm feeling down and I believe I told you this, if I'm feeling down or depressed or like bummed out about anything, I pop that on. And by the time the end credits roll around and I walk around in my own life, I feel pretty fucking good. Yeah. Well, here's, here's what's funny about that movie. You mentioned, you know, the plot mm-hmm. is su- such as it is. The town was wrecked by a tornado. Mm-hmm. When you meet these people, and I use people very loosely, <laughs> I feel like the tornado just stirred up what was already fucked up. I feel oh, like yeah. if you took the tornado out of it, it still looks about like what they were living in. Oh yeah. It's it's total squalor. You've got your Nazi skinhead rednecks. You got the guy pimping his little sister with down syndrome. I just I couldn't uh, oh my god. That oh yeah. <gasps> yeah. Unquestionably my biggest disagreement with you <laughs> thus far. <laughs> well, but, it's like, not just you, it's everybody. It is, but yeah, but I mean, at least we've kind of met eye to eye for the most part. Oh, for the most part, yeah. This one, this one, I take a sharp left. I fucking hate Gummo. <laughs> well, here's what's I funny. So, this. I when I was working at the video store, mm-hmm. uh, the the lady that I was working for had <laughs> given me a screener copy with no box, no label. Oh, jeez! And she was like, "Take this home and watch this tonight." I was like, okay. I put it on and, and and I was just like, what what am I watching? I don't understand. Is this reality? Like, is this a documentary? Well, yeah, if you went in with no... Oh, there, no, no, yeah, no, no knowledge. No, no, nothing. Context. There was nothing. And it would have felt like you were watching someone's deranged home movies. That's what it seemed it's... like. That's exactly what it seemed like. You know, and I, and I took it back the next day and I was like, what the fuck is this? And then she's telling me about the movie and... You know, I, she was I, like, it, it was winning awards. Yes. It was winning awards. Well, it was it was kind of an indie darling. You it know, was. And it really was. I just, oh my God. And, and the thing was, my brother Josh is the one who showed me that movie. Oh. 
<laughs> That's fucking wild. Okay, so Josh had watched it with Justin Foster. They're the two that are in Demon Breath. Okay. And he goes, have you seen this movie? And I'm like, no. <laughs> I'd seen the cover a bunch of times with the weird shaped head, you know. <laughs> but I'm like, no, I have no idea what this is. And he goes, I want to watch it with you just to see your reaction. Yeah. So we brought it over. We watched it in the office. I'm just sitting at my desk. I'm probably tapping my fucking finger, waiting for the movie to end. And it's been on for like three minutes. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'm, I'm like, I, I, just, I was so checked out. And I, it just got worse and worse and worse. And I was like, who the fuck made this? And to your friend, if I was working in that store, I don't promptly walk out and fucking slit her tires. I'd have flattened all fucking four of them and been like, call yourself a cab. And don't ever talk cab. to me again. Yeah, call like seriously, I, I could. Cab. I mean, I could flatten one tire and it would ruin her day. I'll flatten all. I'll flatten all four. I'll pull the spare out of the trunk and flatten that one. But I, yeah, I. I literally detest that movie. It is to me. It's just disgusting. It's yeah. just a gross redneck flick. And uh, <laughs> the, sad, the sad thing is whatever, whatever semblance of a script, I know a lot of it was ad libbed. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> There's, I uh, mean, if it was a script, that motherfucker was written in crayon. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's, it, I, I watch it and I just go, I've been, in this town mm -hmm. i know i know that guy i know that <laughs> fucking guy i've seen him at the gas station it's like it's i just i'm watching it and my 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 faith in humanity was dwindling quicker than the grinch's heart grew three sizes you know halfway through gummo i was like you know where's a gun so i can put it in my mouth <laughs> Well, you know what's so funny? Bad. So after Ugh. after she showed me the movie, I obviously <laughs> I was like I was hooked. <laughs> I don't know why. I just got a weird <laughs> sense of humor when it comes to this shit. And <laughs> I, I was fucking hooked. Um well this thing oh, was yeah. was very, very hard to find. You know, and so I never owned the movie. Um I was gonna say, isn't it still pretty rare? It is pretty rare, but here's the thing. I think even the DVD is out of print. Yeah, no, <laughs> for sure. Um, yeah. So one time my cousin and I were out. I don't know where we were at. I don't know what place we were at. Amoeba or I don't know. One of the fucking hundreds of like physical media stores that we go to. And he got it first. He picked it up and he's like, oh, shit, look what I got. And I was like, oh, fucking. He's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy it. And I was like, God damn yeah. it. They only had one. And he had never seen it. <laughs> And I think at the time it, it was like 35 bucks. It was a trade in. Someone said, fuck that. <laughs> well, no, it was brand new. And, oh, yeah. and so, you know, we, we brought it home. We brought it back to my house and, and he was actually, it was like Sunday night. He was actually heading home, you know, get ready for the work week. So we put it on. It's going to be the last movie we watch of the weekend. And we're sitting there and I already know what to expect, but this is like, this was the second time I had seen the movie since the first time. <laughs> And we <laughs> put it on probably 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. He like looks at me and he's just like, 
what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> and he threw me the case and he's like, here, you can keep this shit. I don't want it in my house. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's how I still, the copy I have is that, that copy, which is fucking hilarious. I feel like it's the same investment he would have made if he bought Freddy Got Fingered. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. Yeah. You know, again, it's just <clears throat> like I said, I, 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 I like the movie because it's, it's just a fucking, it's a train wreck. It's the ultimate in bizarre. It's literally like driving by a, a car crash. Can't take your eyes off. You got a big one. You know, so, so yeah, so that's my, that's my fourth one. Okay. Here we are at the end. Yes. Our, our worst reactions, I suppose. Yeah. Mine is much more lighthearted. Okay. Uh, In fact, it's fucking stupid. It's just stupid. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Uh, And this would be the little scene, but those who have, and it's, it's a one that like you I'll sit someone down to watch it. Mm-hmm. I'll introduce it to them. And they're like, the fuck are you making me watch? <laughs> I just, I watch it die a slow death via <laughs> my friends. Uh, uh-huh. And that would be the Sam Raimi Coen brothers, 1985 film crime wave with the Brian late James, great Brian James, Paul Smith, Louise Lasser, Bruce Campbell, of course, and Reed Mm -hmm. Burney. Uh, This was Sam Raimi's follow-up to Evil Dead. Mm -hmm. Evil Dead had made its splash. Uh, He was a household name in the horror community. And he hooked up with Joel and Ethan Coen, who co-wrote the script with him. And basically, it's it's a caper movie. It's Mm -hmm. just, it's complete chaos. It's a... uh, Brian James and Paul Smith play exterminators who, for the right price, will exterminate a person if you so choose. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically, this this dweeb looking for a girlfriend gets embroiled in their bullshit, and it's just madcap nonsense all over Detroit. And yeah, it's pretty much universally hated. Bruce Campbell, Sam Raimi, all of them have disowned the movie. Uh, Bruce Campbell has notoriously gone on record as saying we didn't release Crime Wave it escaped (laughs) (laughs) it's so stupid it's so dumb but it's so Sam Raimi Mm -hmm. like the movie is very Sam Raimi it's it's very Three Stooges there's a lot of cartoon silliness to it Uh, Campbell of course playing an asshole in the movie he gets some of the biggest laughs. He's absolutely hilarious in it. This was Sam Raimi's first studio movie. The producers were such dicks to him uh, that the movie, it's a, its its a surprising it even got made. Basically, he wanted Bruce Campbell in the lead. Studio said no. Uh, he wanted to do this. They said no. He wanted to do that. They said no. So how anything coherent even wound up on the screen is anyone's guess. Mm-hmm. For what it is, it's a live action cartoon. It really is. It's and the thing is, you could see some of the silliness, some of the stupid shit that would eventually make its way into Evil Dead 2, which was the movie he made to basically recoup expenses and apologize for this film. Yeah. Oh, wow. So it's it's a movie that not only does anyone I show it to hate it, 
the makers won't even claim the movie. <laughs> the actual people in the film, behind the camera, <laughs> nobody fucking likes it. They fucking hate it. If it's on, and I've seen it on like Pluto and Tubi here and there. Yeah. Um, I believe Shout Factory put out a little collector's edition of it with a commentary by Campbell, which I've, I've not listened to. I'm sure it's absolutely hilarious. But I, I think the movie's hysterically funny uh, in a very stupid way. But God help anyone who watches. I don't even recommend it to people anymore. Really? Yeah. Like if people, hey, have you seen this movie? It's got Sam Ray. I'm like, don't bother. <laughs> and they're like, is it that bad? And I'm like, uh, no, I love it. But don't bother. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's just nobody likes it. Well, I love it. Do you really? I love it. I own it. Um, it was a it was a favorite Saturday morning VHS that always made its way in the into the rotation. Really? Yes, because I, I love Paul Smith. His oh, Paul Smith was great. Insane the, the the amount of movies that he had done. I mean, because I'm a Popeye fan, you know, and you know, I'm a uh, pieces. Yes, I think <laughs> I always thought he was great. Brian James as well. Yeah. Huge Brian James, James fan. He's so good at what he does. Like, I, it was such a loss when he passed away. It was. Um, and he, uh, boy, he's got a grating voice in this movie. Oh, yes. Oh, no. It's Crime so Wave is, is fantastic. It's such it's, a great movie. It kills me. It kills me every time. And if, you, if you're really eagle-eyed, you'll see Francis McDormand in it as mm-hmm. a nun. Yep. Yep. Uh, Sam Raimi's brother, Ted, of course, yep. who's in all of his movies. He shows up as a waiter. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, it's total madcap bullshit. And uh, I, I can't even describe it to people. Yeah. Because it's so all over the map. You know, it is all over the map. But you know what, though? It's, but it's a fun movie. It, I think so. I think it's hilarious. Man, is that one that it dies a death when I show it to people, man? That is so crazy. I love it. Yeah. Man. First time I was ever able to get it was like at a convention on a bootleg. Yeah, because it really didn't. It disappeared from VHS. Yeah, and it was gone. And there was not a company around that was going to go, oh, yeah, let's release Crime Wave. Until Shout Factory came along. And it was a bad VHS rip. Yeah. Um, But I didn't care. Um, You know, I I was like being able to see it again for the first time since VHS. Yeah, I'm all over that. I basically, I saw it on HBO. Okay. That was the first time I'd seen it. Uh, I stopped in my tracks because it had been on maybe 10 minutes. And the first thing when I switched to the channel was Bruce Campbell. And I'm like, hey, it's Bruce. The fuck is this? Yeah. And uh, I just sat and watched the whole thing. And I laughed like hell. Paul Smith's voice done by Detroit's own Dick the Bruiser, (laughs) Dick Atlas. Yeah. It's not Paul's voice, obviously. Exactly. Exactly. He's got that stupid Yeah. Let me tell you one thing, Joe. You know, he just he, he sounds more like Bluto in this movie than he did in, in Pop. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I, I love seeing all the Detroit sites. Uh, the whole movie's got all these great little Detroit streets and alleys and shit. Mm-hmm. The entire chase is down like I seventy five. You know, cool. at the end. Um, that's one that nobody knows what to make of it when it's over. And then they just decide, I don't like it. <laughs> no, sir. You know, remember Mr. Porce? No, sir. I don't like it. So, yeah, that one's, I get really weird looks for that one. But I, I personally think it's funny as hell. Same here. Yeah. 
Okay. I'll give you my last one. Top us off, my man. This is one of those great debates. <laughs> that, Ooh, okay. Yeah, it is. It, it is. And it usually ends with, well, because this one's better than the one you like. And that is the 1982 Grease 2. Oh, see, I've never seen it. Okay. I'm not a big Grease fan. I know I'm going to get crucified for that probably. I'm not either. I don't like the first Grease at all. I'm I'm not a big musical guy. You know that. Uh, Yes, I know that. And I do like musicals. But but even I know how notorious (laughs) Grease 2 is. Yeah. Because people in my family who love Grease are like, fuck Grease 2. (laughs) It's it's hilarious. I mean, I watched the first Grease. Uh, Okay. Okay. And I was like, this is this is silly. There's nothing here for me. And I again, like I said, I like musicals. Yeah. And I believe that first one was like 78. I think so. It's okay. still around the same time as like Saturday Night Fever. Yes. And that era of Travolta. Yeah. But when this one came out, I went to the theater to Ooh. see this. And I was I was mesmerized. Oh, really? First of all, Michelle Pfeiffer, phenomenal. Beautiful, beautiful, Looks beautiful. Like, yeah, I, so good. Yeah, in I, this movie. I personally, I would have been in just because of that. Yeah, and she's so good in it, though. Yeah. Um, and basic the, the basic plot line is Olivia Newton John, who played Sandy in the first one. This guy comes to town. He's her cousin. Uh, he's like he's British, and he's like a button up, like straight laced, like British guy, real stuffy, kind of you know awkward. Um, and he comes to town to go to school. At Rydell. And, okay. you know, he, he like he wears suits and he's awkward and shy and goofy. But he sees this girl, Stephanie, who's played by Michelle Pfeiffer. And she's like the leader of the Pink Ladies. And she's like in the process of breaking up with her man, who's the leader of the T-Birds. Yeah. And, you know, th- this guy is, is uh, Maxwell Caulfield. He's a, he's a great actor. You know, he sees her and he becomes, you know, you know infatuated with her. And he dons this alter ego of this guy, like dressed all in black leather, gets a motorcycle. He kind of transforms into like a, you know, like a fucking, like a rebel, you know, and she starts liking him, but only in this character, Mm. you know? Um, Yeah. So, I mean, it's obviously, you know, then, then, you know, the end comes and they find out it's him and you know, but, but yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's just, it's just a fun movie. Uh, I like the music choreography is fucking awesome. Cause actually the director, Patricia Burt, she was a, she's a choreographer and she did the choreography from the first Grease. Then she went on to direct. Oh, did she? Yeah. She okay. directed Grease too. Soundtrack I, know she did, I was going to say, I know she directed um, a lot of Cindy Lauper. Yeah. She did a lot of music videos. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I love the soundtrack. I have the soundtrack on LP. Uh, um, okay. yeah, like it, it's just really fun. It's just a fun movie. I mean, if you're up for it, I mean, I'll even sit through Greece one just to get your definitive, like, oh no, you're fucking nuts. I'm on board with everyone else. Um, and it's funny because there were times where I would like post, like when I was on Twitter, I would like post like Greece two is better and just to watch people go fucking crazy. Just to see the chairs get broken over people's heads. And, and they would, man. People would flat out be like, you're a fucking well, moron. It's a very unpopular opinion. It um, is. It's not the same as like, you know, Mannequin 2 is better than Mannequin. <laughs> Nobody gives a fuck about No one mannequin. gives a fuck, right. 
you know, the first mannequin's a fun movie, but it wasn't Grease, mm-hmm. you know. And Grease there is such deal. there's such a line drawn in the sand. A big one. You yeah. Know? And it's funny because I remember one time I had posted um that I was watching it on the anniversary of the release, and the only one that came to my defense was Tiffany Sheppis. Oh, no shit. She's like, I love Grease 2. It's way better than the first one. I was like, oh, thank God. Thank God. So, so, so you're the other one. <laughs> yeah, they, she made it for me and you, and that was it, because everyone else fucking yeah. hates it. If you're down for it, we'll, 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 we'll have a movie night, and we'll watch a bunch of these movies. And, and, and our listeners should, too. You know, they should watch them, too, and, and see, you know, if we're wrong or if we're right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you can get your there's a couple of them that might be hard to get your hands on. Very but hard, I've, been, yeah. I've been very surprised at what I've been able to find streaming. Um, well, who knows? You know what, man? Maybe one day, um, if we get enough people together, we could rent a theater and show a couple of these movies and get the fans in the audience. No. <laughs> <laughs> That would, that would require me sitting down and watching Gummo on a big screen. Um, no. That no. would be fucking awesome. I'll quit the fucking show. <laughs> and you know what I would say? I would, I would serve you room temperature milk and spaghetti while you watch oh. Gummo. And let me, you know, duct tape a strip of bacon to the tile wall. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah. Out of out of everything we've talked about, I, I vehemently disagree about <laughs> Gummo. Yeah, I knew you would. That's why I left it for my number four. I knew you. I can't. I can't yeah, I can't even. I can't even pretend to like the movie as yeah, a joke. I know. Just, yeah, <laughs> it gets my shoulders up. Like I feel like. I, oh God. Yeah, I want people to watch yeah. it. People need to seek this out and watch it and say. I mean, the thing is, all of it, but between your review and my vile hatred of it, someone's going to go, I got to see this. Oh, yeah. Someone listening is going to go, I got to see Gummo. And I desperately implore you not to. Oh, it. I mean, it is a fucking band of nihilistic maniacs. It is. You're gonna, if, if you walk away depressed, <laughs> consider yourself lucky. And it's crazy because I get the opposite feeling from it. I do. Like if I feel bummed out, I watch that and I feel great. It's a big fucking antidepressant. You're like, Oh man, I'm so glad I'm not pimping out my down syndrome sister. (laughs) Well, that's the thing is like, if I feel, you know, bummed out or upset or, you know, what, you know, whatever it may be. Cause I mean, we all go through it. We do. I put that on and I'm like, I'm not them. (laughs) So things are okay. Watch it in the bathtub while eating spaghetti. <laughs> I will tonight. Yeah, this might be the first episode I ever dry heaved on. That's pretty good. <laughs> I kind of figured that, that was, was a gonna... fun episode. Yeah. yeah we're we're going to get some notes. We're going to get some notes on I that. I think one. so. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe if anything, I, I, I will just gift you a copy of Gummo. You're welcome. I will cut your fucking throat. <laughs> I wouldn't accept that movie for free. <laughs> I did. <laughs> no. I, yeah, did, and did. I, I did and I did pay too much. 
<laughs> your buddy was like here oh, oh no it was my cousin it was my cousin he literally was like oh, you you take this piece of shit i don't want this yeah. in my house man do me a favor and you know spritz the table where it was sitting <laughs> um, just you know triple bag it and throw it away <laughs> i have a question sure um because i have two and we'll just get through them real quick because i know we're we're, we're kind of getting close to the end of this thing um yes. recent pickups physical media oh i Stuff i that made it to the collection yeah and and i haven't bought anything in so long just because i'm like there's nothing that interests me yeah i've picked up a few things i i managed to get in on the inexplicable limited edition of unlawful entry through scream factory same that movie was chosen to be a limited run when it's you know arguably a popular film with lots of a-listers it's it's great uh but i i picked it up before it sold out i got in i finally got in well probably about a month ago but i ordered the uh michele suave suave <laughs> michele suave uh the, the you know the unholy trilogy <clears throat> of the church della della morte yeah and the sect severin films put together amazing sets of those oh, nice i picked up arrows the warriors limited edition oh that's the other one i got those are my two i think that's it yep that's me. unlawful entry in the warriors that's all i got i was able to get it's crazy right now barnes and noble's doing 50 percent off all arrows Ooh, I was able to great. get the Warriors box set for like twenty seven bucks. Yeah, I, I got my like, Amazon dropped it to like twenty bucks or so. Yeah, I was like win, so that was good. I actually wondered what the catch was. I'm like, this is really because this is new. Yeah, you know, I'm like, that's a really cheap price for a new product. Very, so very cheap. Hell yeah. Uh, but yeah, I grabbed that. Yeah, the the McKaylee films and Unlawful Injury. I think that's about it. Hell yeah. What else you got? Lay it on me. I know you got something. Oh. Mm-hmm. I would like to pimp a friend of mine, if that's okay. Down syndrome or no? No. Okay. okay. No Down syndrome whatsoever. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, my friend Nikki, she, uh, she's here in Michigan. She sells and makes really cool tote bags for like, like Halloween and Friday the 13th. She just did one for the band Spirit Box. But she's made wallets and shit for Rob Zombie. She had it sold already, but she had a hell of a cool Pantera getup going on there. She alters and makes these really fucking rad clothes. You know, she's got vests, dresses, Daisy Dukes, yoga pants, all that stuff. So the ladies, they want to go to um, depop.com backslash metal goddess. That's her. Uh, that's her link, and she has an Instagram. She's under the uh, the name wicked underscore beauty underscore zero zero so yeah if you're if you're a chick and you dig these pretty fucking red heavy metal shirts and dresses and these tote bags and stuff she she makes them herself she's a one-woman operation and uh i'm all about pimping my friends who are out there trying to trying to do that side hustle hell yeah yeah we definitely gotta support each other that's for sure yeah she she's a rad chick man so look at her instagram and uh again it's depop.com backslash metal goddess the name alone should tell you what kind of cool shit she's put up there so sweet if you're a hot metal chick you know where to go all right man well i mean it's funny because we're doing the show right now but i'm at creep ie right now yes so if you're at creep ie and you see me if i'm at 
Mike Kruger's booth, um, which I believe is booth 212. Okay. Video um, shock. Yeah, video shock booth 212 at Creep IE. Uh, you see me around there. You see Tina come by and say hello, and we have stickers. So, yep. And obviously, uh, 5195podcast at gmail.com for all hate mail and <laughs> for gummo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Brad will direct you to the closest <laughs> gummo depot. And Jason um, will be holding auditions for the new host of his show. Yeah. Since yeah. he's leaving this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I can't abide by his bullshit. Not at all. Awesome. Well, yeah, I think we've given people enough movies to either completely ignore or check out. I agree with you. So hopefully you guys do that this weekend. And if you are in uh, Ontario, say hi to Brad, Tina, and uh, some of the rad guests they got there. I'm definitely very envious. I'm, I'm glad you guys are able to be there. I agree. All right, man. Well, it was good talking to you. Absolutely. And this marks just one more week down until we are face to face. Absolutely. How crazy is that? Getting closer. It's going to be awesome. All right, man. Until next time. See you guys.